Bear Nation, how we doing? This is your host, Rob Napoli, and you are tuning in to another episode of the Bear Necessities Podcast, a podcast where we sit down with entrepreneurs, ecosystem partners, and innovation folks to talk about what it takes to launch, create, and scale businesses across the world. Hey, y'all, how we doing? We're back again for another episode of the Bear Necessities Podcast. And today is a special one. It is our 100th episode. When I started this two years ago, did I expect to get to episode 100? Probably not. Uh, I started it and loved it and have been having a passion for podcasting. And here we are. And I thought for episode 100, who should I bring on? Who would be a fun guest to bring some energy and cover a topic that is really passionate to me? And really only one name popped in my mind. And that is our guest, Alex Badorf. Uh, she is just a baller. So Alex, thank you for being back for episode 100. Appreciate I'm having so you excited. on. I'm so excited. Come on, 100. <laughs> Flowers for you. I appreciate it. And, and we're excited to have you back. So for those that don't know Alex, we did an episode earlier. I will link it uh, to learn more about her deep entrepreneurship journey that we went into. I'll link that episode. But she is a three-time veteran entrepreneur. She's the founder and CEO of one of the coolest companies out there called Get Shit Done, the collaborative platform supporting women entrepreneurs in growing game-changing businesses that break out of survival mode and scale impact. And this is something that we talk about all the time and, and, and kind of the episode content of today, which we're going to talk about why you shouldn't go get fundraising um, and that entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. And Alex brings a lot of this to the table through the work that she's doing with Get Shit Done and so her journey, just to give the high cliff notes, after her first company failed, she realized she needed access and the know-how to people to help grow. But the communities and programs that were offered either couldn't relate to what it was like to be in her shoes or too inspirational without a focus on the tangible things in life, right? Those, those things that really grow a business. So she built a community of experts and allies around her that enabled her to scale her second company to over a million dollars quickly. After realizing that only 1.7% of women entrepreneurs ever scale beyond 1 million, which is wild to think about when you hear that stat out loud, right? She knew that she could share her community and what she had learned to grow more women founders um, so that more women founders could grow too. She launched Get Shit Done, the accelerator, and their community membership to support women entrepreneurs to help get unstuck, break out of survival mode, and be supported in scaling their vision of impact daily. Prior to founding Get Shit Done, she was co-founder and CMO of ZipFit Denim, a multi-million dollar venture-backed e-commerce company that was acquired in 2019. And as I've said before, she is a badass featured in Forbes, Business Insider, and has spoken around the nation at Harvard, Turner Broadcasting, etc. Long, but definitely worth it, Alex. So awesome. Damn, I need to tell our marketing manager, like, we're going to cut that shit down. But, you know, then I also was like, oh, my God, tell me more about myself. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I think it's written beautifully. And and like I said, big ass bio for big ass personality. I absolutely I absolutely love it. And it's why you are that top of my list for this episode, especially because, you know, I've had a couple episodes uh, that came out recently with some amazing people talking about how to do fundraising, uh, talking with one of my OG entrepreneurs, Ron L. Richards, about this topic that entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. And it's something I know is that, that, that you've talked about a lot. So let's kind of dive into this, this first part of entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. When we say that, what do we mean? Like, what does that mean to you? And like, how do you talk about this? 
because this is something that oh. in this day and age where everyone thinks that you can just be an entrepreneur and it's sexy and I'm just going to go into business for myself. Um, I love this topic. I can talk for days about it. Um, wow. Hold on real quick. Who is this? Well, sorry, y'all. That's the one time that I would, that I would say actually edit something out or you could leave it. I don't care. Um, scammers. Um, it's all those spam calls. Anywho. Um, so the way I look at it, it's everyone and every individual is inclined with very special, unique gifts. So in the same way that not everyone's supposed to be a doctor, not everyone's supposed to be a janitor, not everyone's supposed to be an entrepreneur. But the problem that I see is that there are so many well-intended or not um, well-intended programs or people that want to make money off of you can build this course. You Anyone could be an entrepreneur. Think about MLM. I talk about this all the time because I have known people in my life that have done MLM. I have a really hard time with it because I look at, I look at the stats. So when you look at the marketing of MLM companies, it is very much so anyone could be an entrepreneur. You can make a lot of money. But what a lot of people don't understand is the economics behind it, because 75% of people that actually enter into MLMs lose money on it because they, ne they pay a fee and then they never make money off of it because the way to do it and to make money is to bring in more people. But I digress on that. So in entrepreneurship, very similarly, and you hear this a lot right now, especially because there's a lot of uncertainty around the economy. That's when people are like, this is when you should become an entrepreneur. And I'm like, absolutely not. Because what people don't understand is that like any type of job you're going to have, it is hard. It is hard to start your own shit, to also be able to be in an environment where you don't know when your next paycheck might come. You are in charge of going to get it. Like if you came from having benefits and money just sitting in and you had to go to a job and a desk to do that one thing, that's beautiful. But when you own the business, you're now responsible for all that, plus bringing in your own benefits, plus X, Y, and Z. So that's why I always appreciate, like one of my friends who's an attorney, she was like, I love all my entrepreneur friends, but she was like, it's a no for me, dog. Like, it's a no for me because from nine to five, you get me, but the rest of that time, it's my life. I want to turn off. I want to do whatever I need to do. And a lot of people don't understand that, like, People say entrepreneurship is freedom. I'm like, not really. You still have a boss. Your boss is your customers. And honestly, you spend more time invested into this thing. You're never off. So I think that, that in fundamentally from that perspective, everyone has a unique set of gifts, gifts and values that they care about for their life to run properly. And for a lot of people, entrepreneurship is not for them. And they're really not about that life. But they're being told your way to freedom is entrepreneurship. But let me tell you, boo-boo, that's not it. <laughs> so I love that you bring this word up, freedom, right? So funny enough, you brought the MLM, MLM thing because I did MLM at one point. And I agree with you on all that. Although I do think that one of the best experiences I had in my life was doing MLM because I learned a lot about me. And I learned a lot of skills trying to run an MLM business, right? Um, but you bring up this entrepreneurship is not for everybody. And 
there's a different level, right? Because I look at like MLM and that's like kind of being a franchise owner. You're taking something that's already built for you and you're running. So small business owner is a franchise owner versus being entrepreneurship. And then there's kind of solopreneur and entrepreneur. And there's a difference between having a side hustle and going all in, right? And I exactly. think entrepreneurship, right? And so many people start something as a side hustle. And sometimes that could become a full-time gig and go all in. And sometimes not. Sometimes that's meant to be. But I love this word freedom because I will disagree with you just a little bit. I think entrepreneurship is not will not make you rich, but it gives you freedom to do the things that you're passionate about. So when I use the word freedom. It's there's two types of people in this world. The one that wants to work and their passions in life are like your friend. After 5 p.m., that's their life to go to the shows, to do, to be a parent, to play softball, to do all these things, to travel. If you want to go all in, it's the freedom to go all in on your passion. But at that same point, when you work at a job, 75% of the job is what you were hired to do. When you become an entrepreneur, the shit you love to do is only like 10%. The other 90% is accounting, running your business, doing sales, delighting customers, right? And it's when you fundamentally think that it's not about freedom from like financial freedom and the freedom to just do whatever, it's the freedom that you get to do the thing you want to do, but you have to build all the systems and process in place. And that's fucking hard. That's probably more yeah. work than you expected to take on. And that's where people get it wrong because they think freedom the wrong way. Yeah. And so I love that you share that. And I, I just want to share that because like I used, I do use the word freedom in the sense that the freedom to follow my purpose and passion, because there's those two types of people in the world, those that work to do other things. And those of us that work because like work is our passion. We want passion, purpose, yeah. all to be bundled up into what we do day in and day out. But I think this is an important distinction because even when I talk about freedom with entrepreneurship, like for example, I guess you've done, we don't say building a unicorn company because quite frankly, I, I think that's toxic. I think the environment is in a bad place because we're built, we're trying to build infinite growth companies. There's no such thing as infinite growth. Um, and I think what's important, like we say scaling generational impact. So for us, it's actually redefining what scale looks like and what that means. And it needs to be in alignment with the vision of impact for the founder. And I think what's important for anyone that's considering entrepreneurship is like you can have freedom, whether you work for someone else or for yourself. So with entrepreneurship, it's being able to pursue what you are, again, going back to your unique skill sets on this in this world, on this planet. I am very like genetically ingrained to be an entrepreneur because of my skill sets. There's just, I've been doing it since I was 19. I've literally never had a job outside of internships in college, right? Like there's just something in me that's crazy enough to keep doing this thing. Like I just have certain traits within me and skill sets that allow me to do this, but it's a long slog. And I do believe you can build wealth through it, but you have to, you have to keep refining. It's the same thing with when you're going in a corporate environment. There's a lot of people that work at these companies that are building wealth, like at the apples of the world, where they got really good packages. They're investing in the market and they're able to build wealth for themselves and their family that way. So I think it's really important when I look at scaling generational impact, we look at it in the context of entrepreneurship because we care about supporting women entrepreneurs. But I think it's also important for people to be clear that we shouldn't be demonizing people that work for other people. I cannot stand 
these stupid ass motivational speakers or whatever the hell they call themselves that are like, if you're working for someone else, you don't really want it and you're whack or whatever. And I'm like, no, you're whack guy talking from a camera in your mom's basement, telling people how to be a millionaire and you haven't done it yourself. Like you can, you can get your own freedom, build your own version of wealth, but you need to find the vehicle that is best in alignment with getting there for you personally and for the majority of people that's not entrepreneurship. I I love that so much. It resonates with me because I talk about it all the time, but it's it's not the sexy hot take, right? Because it's, you know, it's it, we live in a this or that world and to like go on and be a creator and like be heard, you have to pick a, a hard line stance on like it's either this or that. And it's like, no, no, no. There's more than one way to do this. And it's following where does your passions, where do your skills line? And you know, sometimes for some of us, we have skills. And we have passion. And sometimes they don't always align. So sometimes you work with your skills to live your passion, right? And that's okay too. And that's what I like, that's what resonates with me. And I feel, you know, we had this big pandemic and during the pandemic, we had the rise of the consultant or I call it the rise of business owners, the rise of entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, everyone started their own thing. And so many of those people went back in house now, which is totally fine because they realized this wasn't for them because they thought they'd be able to do the things they love. And they do 10% of the time, but then they have to run their own marketing, run their own sales. They have to do accounting. They have to do all the work because they're a team of one and not a part of a system of 10, right? And it really changes the way you operate. If you're used to operating with a team and when you go to operating as a solopreneur, it's fucking tough. Oh my goodness. And we need to, I think what's really important here is Everything is so ego-driven with the rise of social media. We love titles. I've gone through that phase myself, you know, especially when I was in my 20s building a company. And I remember when I resigned from my last company, I had a come to Jesus moment because I'm like, who am I? It was before I started Get You Done. I was like, who am I without these titles? I'm not a founder right now. I'm not an executive. I'm not like, who am I? And I'm like, that thing doesn't make you who you are. And to the point around this idea around these titles shaping our who we think and our value is and our worth is like saying we're an entrepreneur or a ceo people love getting business cards um my friend tiffany aliche the founder of the budget nista we had her on our podcast one of our, our first seasons ever and she said something really important she was like you know this little girl named shantae 14 year old that does braids in you know the neighborhood you know she was like shantae doesn't have a business card she doesn't have a website and she was like, but Shantae has clients. She has people paying her. She was like, I see a lot of people who claim to be entrepreneurs that have social media, that have a website, that have business cards, but they don't have any clients. They have no money coming in. She was like, Shantae has a business. You look like you have a business. <laughs> and I've never forgotten that because I'm like, there's so many people that want to look like they have a business, but they're not actually doing the things that entails being a business owner. And I always say, you are not an entrepreneur until you've sold something. Even if it's just one thing, one service, one item, you are not that until you are not an entrepreneur. You don't get that title until you've actually done the work. 100%. And, I, and I, that's what I've seen so much happen with so many people over these last couple of years. And, you know, I have all the socials and, and I fall and pray to all the social stuff, but you know, I, I'm on socials, I create content, but even when I wrote my book, I still talk about we need less creators in society and more engagers. We need more engagers, advocates, allies that are that are 
engaging in conversations, engaging in content versus just creating it for creating sake. And I think that's a really important thing because when you become an engager, an advocate, and an ally, that's where you go out and do business. That's where business gets done versus just looking like it, right? Because yes. you got to be able to put proof to the pudding and that's through engagement. Yeah. Even if you think about like, to your point around engagement, I think if you go back to thinking about entrepreneurs versus people who are entrepreneurs or work in corporate, it's like, we need the engagers. This is why I don't like this whole thing. Anyone can be an entrepreneur. It's like, no, they can't. Because honestly, like, how can businesses go places without people working in them? Right? Like, there's just like, and I heard this thing, like the self-made stuff. There's no self-made anything. Like, I couldn't have my business where it's at today without my team. Like, I need people who are skilled at what they're skilled at, which I suck at. And to do that thing, to help grow the impact for this business. So to your point around engagers, we also need people that engage within companies that might not be the owners, because quite frankly, not everybody wants that responsibility. Like I tell everybody, I'm like, yeah, I'm the CEO, but I'm a glorified project manager and janitor and whatever the hell else I need to be that day. It's really not that sexy. It's exhausting. I'm exhausted this week. <laughs> exhausted. I, You and me both. I mean, and I talk about that. A lot with people like, you know, I run, I have ADHD and OCD. I run, you've had me and you see me when I'm in action training and stuff. I have high energy. I can, I'm always on and I run in sprints or I need to take those breaks because I do, I I burn out really quickly and I've, I've gone through burnout multiple different times or I, and I now know when I'm getting close, when I need to take that mental health day, when I need to take that step back. Sometimes I push too far, but you know, I've, that took a lot of time. Right. It took a lot of experience. It took um, a lot of things. And and to the point where why I love entrepreneurship and and I go all in on it is I was a good employee, but I probably wasn't the best employee. I was coachable, but I also want stuff done. I, I move quickly. I'm pretty independent. And at one point I realized I need to be in a place where I could lay out a lot of the systems. I can put those things in place so that I could have the right people pulling the levers and driving something forward. And when I had that realization, it changed the game to, to, to running my first business. And it's, it's such an interesting thing. And I love how you share it that not everyone, yeah, everyone can, but not everyone should. And that's such a unique thing in a world where, you know, create online courses, create content. I can show you how to grow a TikTok following to get this. It's like, that, it doesn't change. There's no magic pill, right? Like being an entrepreneur equals putting in work, just like anything. And I think it comes Absolutely. down to, are you willing to put in the work? Do you have those skills? Do you have that passion? And do you have that purpose to create impact? And you, you talk about scaling impact, right? And I want to transition into, you know, what is impact for you? What does that mean to you and in the communities that you create with Get Shit Done for all these amazing women entrepreneurs that, you know, I just saw Kristen Carbone and brilliantly the other day and their big announcement um, uh, who was it? Maeve from um, Iambic pivoted mm-hmm. and she just relaunched and I'm t- chatting with her. And it's like, these are people I met two years ago and I, we're now seeing them create the impact they talked about two years ago. And it's like, holy fuck, you're still doing it. So let's talk about it a little bit. What does scaling impact mean to Alex? Oh, I love this question. And this is why it's so important going back to understand what is your unique skill sets, purpose, passion in this world. Um, because it's interesting when people are like, well, aren't you afraid? Like, for example, we have this traction tracker that we use and we walk communities through so founders can get focused. 
And it's the frameworks we teach our founders um, that is the reason why the founders in our community perform 54% higher, higher on revenues than their counterparts. And we teach us and people are like, well, aren't you afraid someone's going to steal this? And it's always so funny to me because I'm like, no, because no one will ever have our sauce. And our sauce is the fact that my unique experiences led to the vision of impact I have today. So in the, we won't go down the story, but in the previous episode, when you and I chatted about my story and how I got to get shit done, you know, going from, you know, my first company failing to my second company that exited, but even getting to that exit, the ups and downs of that resigning from my own company, you know, where it was like, we raised all this money and we were being, you know, the top 1% of women entrepreneurs that blah, 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 you know, and all those unique experiences of me being in a business that I was scaling. And I was like, at some point looking around, like, I don't give a fuck about what we're doing anymore. Cause we're just scaling to scale. I burnt myself out of my own company and on paper, everyone's like, oh my God, you should be so, you're killing it. I, I, I cannot stand with people. And I know their intentions are good, but when people will see something on social media, they're like, you're killing it. There were times people would send me DMs or an email. You're killing it. The times I was the most burnt out, depressed in my life because on paper I was, but it wasn't in alignment with my vision of impact and to give a little background. And again, your unique experiences shape who you are. I come from a social justice family. My grandmother is a champion for decreasing the recidivism rate back in Washington state in the black community. My mother is an advocate for getting kids out of the system so that they're getting back with their families instead of being put into juvie and all these different things. And both of them had full-time jobs and still scaled their impact on the side using their unique gifts. And then that led to me is I took all my unique experiences, growing businesses, and then also seeing the injustice around being a woman and a woman of color and seeing all the women around me. And I'm like, wait, we're being told that women are starting companies at a higher rate than anyone else um, is our male counterparts. But then I'm like in these rooms with quote unquote successful entrepreneurs. I'm like, where are all these women at? And I'm like, I'm one of the only women. I'm definitely the only black woman here. So where are they at? Cause black women are supposed to be starting companies at a higher rate than everybody. Then on the other side, we're being told, well, it just sucks for women because we don't have investors. And for someone who had investors at the time, I'm like, I can definitively tell you that does not make your life any easier. Getting investment amplifies what's already there. It accelerates what's already there. So if you don't have a business model that's working, you still don't have a business model that works. And you just run through that cash. It doesn't fix the thing. People keep conflating capital with your business model. That's not it. And so for me, it took all those unique experiences coming together like, wait, 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 what's actually happening under the surface? And then when I found out women own nearly half of businesses, but generate 4% of total revenues, I'm like, why the fuck aren't we talking about this? Because if we want to talk about freedom as entrepreneurship and impact, I'm like, we can't make an impact when nearly 90% of women entrepreneurs earn less than six figures in their businesses. They're better off going to work for someone else. hundred percent. So that's, that's, that's crazy to think about that. 50% of businesses are owned by women and only 4%. 4%. Impact. That's, that's, 4% that's crazy. of total revenue. So for me, and again, it's what does impact look like for me? And I'm like, someone can never take our sauce because I have such unique experiences of why there's such a 
fire in my belly for this because I'm like, I've lived it. I see it every single day. And why this matters is because I'm like, I look at that 4% number. I'm like, there's so much impact we can make in entrepreneurship, but we can't if we're stuck. And people are so fixated on helping more companies launch. And this is why we don't help anyone launch their business. I'm like, I don't really give a fuck about anyone else launching their business if the people in the current system can't get through. Because then we just add more people to the pipeline and we're sitting ducks. That's not impact. So my vision of impact is a place in where women entrepreneurs are building businesses that can scale their vision of impact. What does scaling look like to you? Because when you're doing the thing that you're best at doing and the value you create in the world, everyone wins. Everybody wins. That's why everyone needs to stay in their fucking lane. <laughs> stay in your lane. Entrepreneurs are not entrepreneurs. We add so much value to the collective when we all focus on the thing that we are literally designed to do. And that's my vision of impact. I, that was for everyone out there listening, whether you're listening audio or audio and video, that was about 50 different knowledge bombs all wrapped into one. And it's, and if it doesn't show you the kind of fire and passion it takes to go through and, and, you know, I'm going to be clear here, get shit done is amazing. And I love being, part of this community. I get to come in every cohort and do a workshop on branding. And it's one of my most favorite things to do. And I can tell you, while it looks like on paper, Alex is doing a lot of amazing things that doesn't go without what she just said when she's struggling, when things are tough, that it's not been easy. She just laid out all the fucking numbers for you. Her to get to where she is, is fucking hard. Right. And I, I love that you point that out. It's so easy to get caught up in the amazingness of it all. But you also need to take the time to step back and be like, holy shit, look what we're building. Like, this is fucking cool, right? Yes. And we're not yes. where we want to be, but we are well on our way to being better than we were yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think it should done is all about. And that's why I think entrepreneurship is all about and what it can be all about. And that's what impact is. And that's why I, that's, I mean, honestly, that's why I love being a trainer. I love working in brand. I love going at these organizations and, and training managers to be better and training organizations to be better. To me, that draws so much purpose that I can share my collective experiences of being someone who sits in rooms with stuffy corporate people and having my man bun and my beard and you know tattoos and I never wear a shirt and tie, right? Like just even getting to be in those rooms and share like, look, the way of work is changing. Are you changing with it? What are you wanting to attract? What do you want to be here? What is the culture trying to create? What is the impact you're trying to create as an organization? And how do you go along to, to make those things better? And it fills my cup up. Right. It's what I get passionate and jazzed up of. And while that's fun and I can show you pictures on my Instagram and show you Insta stories of stuff I'm doing and traveling here and traveling there doesn't show you the days where I'm sitting at a computer just like, fuck, I'm chasing down money or I'm chasing down this or I'm chasing down my next client or I'm waiting for things to come in so that I can get my team aligned. It's like that is it's it's highs and lows, but it's important to always be pointing to your North Star, which is what you just said, what your impact is. Because oh, you work every day about that impact and it makes all this other shit worth it. Oh my God. And you know, it's interesting when I really, cause get you done. We've been around three years now and I was still had residual from building my first two, two businesses, being obsessed with the accolades and all that. Cause, and, and mind you, when I'm saying this to you all, like, I'm not trying to preach. I've been there where I've been obsessed with titles, where I've been obsessed with, Ooh, are we featured in this? Whoever's thing today. And it's like, that shit doesn't matter. I'm at this point now where 
I don't really like, I'll do things like this, but like, I couldn't care about your Forbes list. I couldn't care less about like, there's just so many different things where I'm like, because that doesn't translate to impact to me. What translate to impact to me is what's happening in our community every single day. Like the fact that usually on Fridays, we're able to post consecutively what our founders are winning on. And it's not even me talking about me or what Get You Done's doing. I want to amplify what they're doing because that's what brings me joy. That gets me to my North Star. It's like, how are they moving through the pipeline? I don't care if we're mentioned in some PR or whatever. Like, honestly, at this point, if like there's like an award ceremony, I would rather send someone on my team to go get it because I'm like, that's not going to move the needle for my team and for the people in our, in our community. What is, is how I show up and how I get the people like you who are growth allies to also show up collectively to create outcomes. Whether people acknowledge it or not doesn't matter because what I look at are those outcomes every single day. And if we're not making any, if we're not budging there and not making any progress there, that is a failure on my part and a failure to my purpose. All that other external stuff, and this is what usually gets people in trouble and founders in trouble. It's just the external pressure and accolades and all of that that takes us away from our North Star. It's like that thing, that thing didn't even matter to me. And you look up one day and you're burnt out and you're exhausted and you're like, why don't I care? Why am I just numb? It's because you lost, you lost connection to the thing that actually keeps you going. So I love that you share that because that is something you're the third person I've had this conversation with in the last two weeks about this impact thing. And it's something that I regularly struggle with from time to time because, you know, I get caught up sometimes in the social of it all. And like, I realize that I have a really amazing community locally where I get to go and do things in person. And so I don't always remember to build all the social stuff, right? Because I, because I get so caught up in these things and you know, it's one of those things that I always have to look back. It's like, Holy shit. Like, I had this many trains this week and this is the impact I made. Like when you sit back and look at your calendar, it's something I do reflectively on Sundays where I sit down, I look at my calendar, I plan my week ahead for an hour. I try to remove one meeting and I just look back. It's like, oh shit, look all this shit I did last week. I made some pretty cool impact. And this is like what I moved the needle on. And this is where I failed, right? Like I also look and like, I spent too much time doing this, not enough time doing this. And that reflection time always kind of realigns me back to, Hey, just because you didn't put that social post out or just because you're not getting the same love on that post as other people's posts that are bullshit, like you did these things. And it's, it's really easy for us to get lost in that sauce. Um, yep. And I and appreciate it, you sharing that because you're the third person literally in the last two weeks that I've had this conversation with. And it's something that needs to be said more for everyone out there that when you're also looking at those two, when you're creating your value at network and you're looking to learn from and, and be a part of those communities where you can grow, make sure you're you're following a part of those communities where the people that are there have been there and done that, that they're, here's the thing, they're putting action to the words. It's really clear. You know, we just had International Women's Day. We have all these things that come up. There are so much that happens where organizations will do a post that day or do a thing, but they don't put action into the causes, their impact, their missions, and Mm. make sure you follow people and companies that put action to mission. Absolutely. And it's, you know, even when I started Get You Done, my friend, I was like trying to encapsulate like what we do. And she was like, oh, you all move entrepreneurs from inspiration to activation because a lot of stuff, there's so much inspirational stuff out there. And I think there's a place for that. It's the thing that gets you going. 
But what keeps you going is taking those steps. And what I love that you said, and one of our values that gets you done is around these celebrations. So Jax Black, who's this incredible black coach, um, executive coach. I remember when I was, was I resigned from my last company, she coached me. And I remember because I was so fixated on, I need to get to the next win and the next win and the next win. She was like, Alex, you need to breathe through your celebration. She was like, do you realize, because at the time I was 26, she was like, do you realize what you've accomplished at 26? And I was having a midlife crisis, <laughs> not even at 30 yet, because I'm like, I need to do more. I need to do this. And, it, and again, I love what you just said. Tune out what everybody else is doing. Who cares if that person gets more likes or whatever? It's really about what steps did you make? Because those things add up to the big wins. And I think we forget about that. Like one of the things that I try to do now is like my friend, one my soul friend, she always laughs when she is working, co-working with me. She's like, just should, like bust out laughing because I talk to myself a lot. And I'll be like, damn, you're a bad bitch. You thought you killed that, you know? And she was like, you are your own hype woman. <laughs> you are your own. And it's true. I'm like, I've had like the I have to just, even if I just sent a really killer email, I'm like, wow, nailed it. Like those moments for yourself is just more valuable than someone else being like, you're killing it. And of course, like I acknowledge and I appreciate and I receive when people do that, but it is just so much more powerful when it comes from me first. <laughs> I, I, I love that you share that. I'm the same way. Like I'll like fist pump, I'll start dancing. Like when something good happens, I'm like, Fuck yeah. And I'll like play a song and I'll just like vibe out yep. for a second. Yep. <laughs> like so much in my own world. And that's why I was joking when we were talking pre-show that I, I miss like office life sometimes because I realize sometimes like I'm too much talking to myself. I need social interaction. Facts. Where <laughs> I'm like, like, I can on, get in my on. cave. Yes. I can get in my zone where I'm like, I'm so in my world and like pumped up and I'm like, yes. And then I'm like, no one else is around. But I'm like, okay, let me like reel it in. Let me have some balance there. But no, I love, I love that you mentioned that around like celebrating those wins, like breathe through your celebrations. That's what Jack's black taught me. And one of our values at the company now in our tribe is we always tell our founders breathe through your celebration. Even if it's like, you know, I got eight hours of sleep last night. That's something to celebrate. Or I drink eight cups of water today. Wow. Like it doesn't need to be a big thing where we just got this deal. No, all those little things add to those bigger goals and milestones that you achieve. Yeah, it's creating habit too, right? It's creating process and habit. So uh, we've been talking so much and I love this, moving from entrepreneurship to impact. And one thing I want to touch on because it's something that I think needs to be said and needs to be heard. And, and as we close out this episode is about this idea, you know, we, we started off about entrepreneurship and growth and all this money going in, but fundraising. Right, we talk about impact. And you talk about these things, and and you and I both are on the 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 train of don't take fundraising unless you need to. Share with us because you, you have so much more to, to talk about it because you're working with so many founders, and I can't tell you how many times people hit my inbox. Hey, Rob, can you help make this intro? I'm raising a bridge round, and a bridge round is like, why are you raising bridge rounds? Because my product's not scaling fast enough. It's like, then fix the problem. Like, yes, what, the money doesn't fix about? that. The money does not fix that. Like. Oh, I digress. Yes, I hear you. I hear you. So let's talk about this. You know, most businesses will not and should not raise institutional cap capital, right? Fundraising, you say fundraising is not your business model. Talk to us about 
why that is and where is entrepreneurs need to be putting their time, energy, and effort if they do want to raise funds, what gets them there? Like, what are these things that they should be doing instead? Because I agree with you, too many, um, too many founders are focused on fundraising and not the businesses that they're in. Absolutely. It's this, I'm like chuckling inside a little bit because right before we started recording, I was on a phone, on a phone call with my friend who's a VC because we were talking about as Silicon Valley bank shutting down <laughs> an entire bank de dedicated to VC backed companies. Um, and I was like, this is why private equity is VC's hotter, older brother. <laughs> he was like, oh my God, that's so true though. Um, I digress though. But here, I think before I get into the, the why I believe companies should not, not raise if they don't need to, I think it's important for us to look at the data and understand the economics behind VC, which a lot of entrepreneurs don't understand. And I get it because the loudest narrative in the media and in the room is typically just raise money to raise money. That's what success looks like. No one talks about, wow, that local company just scaled the 10 million bootstrap. That doesn't get applauded, but what gets applauded? You just, you just raise a hundred million dollars and they're still not profitable. I'm like, I'm sorry, you're, you're a Ponzi scheme until you make some money off of this thing. Um, so the economics behind, behind VC, for those that don't understand, the reason why venture capitalists want to see billion-dollar companies and unicorns is similar to entrepreneurs. They are raising money. They have LPs, limited partners. Those are VCs, investors. So for them to return their fund, to return the investment to their investors, they're looking at a couple of deals that will help them get to that number. So even if you do raise VC of the less than 1% of any entrepreneur that does, they're only betting of that less, less than 1%, they're only betting that maybe a third, if they're lucky, that's a high number, a third will actually make it. So they're still betting against you. And so the reason for that is they need to return their fund. They need you to grow at 10x and plus. They want to see like 100x crazy returns. They want to see an exit within five to seven years, 10 max. So when an investor says to you, we're in this for the long haul. No, honey, they're in this with you no longer than a decade. And if you, if it looks like it's going to take longer than that, they're going to push you out of your company because the incentive for them is they need to see that return. So I bring that up for entrepreneurs because it's really, un, it's really important for entrepreneurs to not try to retroactively fit themselves into a narrative, because here's what I'll see entrepreneurs do. And I know Rob, you've had experience with this, this too, with founders pitching, we're the next billion dollar opportunity. And I'm like looking at their numbers in the market. I'm like, no, you're not. And they're like, wait, what do you mean? And I'm like, because for you to be a billion dollar opportunity, you have to saturate hundred percent of the market you're in. You're not air, you're not water, not everyone's using you. No one's, not even everyone's using Amazon, not everyone's using Apple. Like, but because they're being told this is the way to get the money is let me fake it till you make it, which I fucking hate that. Um, so then you end up getting founders that become criminals. <laughs> the FTXs of the world, the Theranos of the world, where they're trying to go after this thing that they see as success, which they probably should have never been down that path. And because they're trying to keep up with the pressure of having to get to that exit so quickly, they conflate numbers, they lie, they, they, really, they really compromise their own morals and values. Because I think at the end of the day, 
I think there's a very small percentage of people that are sociopaths and psychopaths. I think of many founders that go down a really bad route, I think had good intentions when they started, but they just couldn't keep up with the pressure. So I say all that because people need to have context for why this is not a good vehicle for the majority of companies. And yes, 2% of funding goes to women. That's 2% of less than 1%. That goes to anyone. And so what we need to take a look at is let's take a step back. VC, first and foremost, is a baby. VC wasn't even established until like it was off the whaling industry. It was not, it's like literally in the 1900s. It's very new. So people were scaling companies before that. And what's happening now is because everyone's trying to go after this one model, there's a higher rate of failure. And what I look at is like societies to thrive, you need a really strong middle class. We don't have a strong middle class in entrepreneurship. We're actually recreating what we see in income disparities. So I say all that because you can have a company that's tens of millions, a million, and you would still be in the top percent because a lot of companies don't get that. Like you said earlier, only 1.7% of women have ever scaled to a million. I'm grateful I've done it, but I'm like, why aren't more doing it? And when I realized they weren't doing it is because everyone was trying to go after this one thing, this one vehicle. And a lot of times they weren't about that life, but because they were being told that's the only way to succeed, that's what they chose. They chose. So I say all that because it's not for everyone because the pure, sheer economics of it, it is not a viable vehicle for most businesses. A bank failed today, literally closed down today because it placed the majority of its bets on this one thing that is so high risk. Yeah. And, and, you know, you run, and I, I read this stat to, to tie this all together too. I read this stat that, um, mo, um, I can't remember the exact number, but a high majority of entrepreneurs didn't become successful with their companies until the age of 40. Right. Which means they've probably started and failed something before they went through all these collective experiences and it took time for them to get to the point where they could do all these things. Right. And we're expecting these, you know, sometimes kids coming out with ideas to like go through this 10 year growth plan, you know, without having a cup of coffee. And what tends to happen when we do this, like, Oh, this is the one way to do it. We put ourselves in this echo chamber of like groupthink and not actually going out. And the old saying comes to mind, right? One in the hand is better than two in the bush. I'd rather have a $10 million profitable business than a hundred million dollar valuation because that can fall apart tomorrow. That $10 million, you got money in the bank, you're successful, you're doing these things. Like That's something to be celebrated. And I love how you talk about the income disparity is I think too many entrepreneurs and too many companies that I meet through the accelerator circuit are so hell-bent on raising capital and going through that model that to them, a $10 million successful business would not isn't successful to them. And it's like, but, well, wait a second, you're doing... And I, and I love when I see like five-year projections and they go from, we're doing 50K in revenue this year and within five million. years, we're going to do 5 million. And it's like, right. well, what the fuck? How does that make sense? How does that make sense? Make it make sense. It does Because you have, to, right? you have to pay Peter, you have to rob Peter to pay Paul in that type of model. Yeah. And it, it doesn't make sense. And so, you know, I, I talk to people all the time, you know, I get it. If you have to get race funds, I get the whole process. But if you're going into that process, the other thing to realize and to remember that they're not going to be with you for the long haul. And it's, it's like a relationship. It's like dating or marriage or any of those things. 
you need to have the right people around you because if they don't and they're not the right people around you, they're gonna you're gonna fight against them all the time and they're gonna look to replace you as quickly as possible. And the fastest way to lose your company is to pick the wrong VC, the wrong investor, the wrong people around you that are only caring about the business model and profit and not you. And yes. so many founders take money and they don't take the relationship and it's a it's a recipe for disaster. Absolutely. And the way, and, and, and mind you, again, I'm speaking again, as someone who is bootstrapped, someone who's done the VC route, like I, I, I get all the perspectives, but I, what I really challenge founders and, and I'll give a, a little story here. One of our founders has this incredible platform um, in the workplace development space. And when she first got into our accelerator, she was making money. They were doing well. Where I'm like, this thing does not, like you're on subscriptions. This don't thing don't need to raise money. You don't just, the only reason to raise money is just to go faster. Because I'm like, a lot of times, especially like DEI stuff or whatever, I'm like, these aren't, you're never going to be billion dollars. Like that's, I, honestly, you're just not. Like you're just not going to saturate that. There is a very, very small, very small chance. And so I just remember I never tell, I never say never. And I never tell founders what to do with their fucking companies. It is up to you. And so she was like, okay, like I'm going to explore this thing. And I realized she really started getting more into that VC circuit and they were, everyone was telling her what she should be doing and whatever. And so then she asked me for an intro to an investor in our get shit done deals network. So we have a ton of 150 different investors that are looking for deal flow and we'll make direct intros if you have traction. So she asked for this intro. I responded. I said, Hey, send me your blurb. I get a response from her a month later saying, went on sabbatical, I'm closing down the business. And she was like, I should have listened to you. <laughs> um, and she just went down this thing like, I don't know why I got, how I got sucked up in so much hype. And I just let her know, I'm like, it is not about listening to anyone else. Take everything with a grain of salt. Take, goddamn, take it, what I say with a grain of salt, right? But it's really about, you have to follow, like the best tool you will have as an entrepreneur, as a person, is going to be your gut, not a spreadsheet, not a VC, not your business partner. It is going to be your gut. And the moment we betray our guts is when we get into the most trouble. And it's very hard though, sometimes not to betray because sometimes our gut is asking us to go into the unknown and that's really uncomfortable. And so we stay stuck in our own shit and then we keep burning ourselves over and over. So I say all that because the end of the day, the moment we betray ourselves as entrepreneurs and we get into a lot of trouble is when we stay, get unattached with our North Star and why we're doing it in the first place. And what does success and impact look like to us? It's when we start getting on this merry-go-round and hamster wheel. Of, I need to keep up with the Joneses. And then you look up one day and you're like, land yourself in prison or you're in a constant state of burnout. You have no more friends and family. You burned all your bridges. That is not the way to live your life and your company should not be running your life. A hundred percent. And I love that you made that point about, you know, I love giving advice to startups. I love working with them, but take everything with a grain of salt. And the fact that I've worked with a lot of businesses, I could tell you a lot of things, but I'm not in your business every day. It's not mine. And it's scientifically proven that as humans, we buy with our limbic brain, we buy on emotions and use data to justify it. So when you listen to your gut, it's telling you what you need to do because you're going to buy on emotion anyways, right? There's no way to change that. Like that's scientifically proven. Follow your gut and then let the data like help validate you. That's how we do it as humans. It's the same thing with running your business. And remember that there's all these people that want to talk at you. And it's great to take in. It's great to have this community get you done, right? There's a lot of people in that community that want to help. There's a lot of people that talk at you. 
not with you. Remember to always take things and filter it out with a grain of salt. Understand that no one that you talk to is in your business every day. They might have similar experiences, come from the same backgrounds, have gone through the same journey, but everyone's journey is unique because it's theirs. And you have to be able to make that decision as the entrepreneur, as the founder. And that is what I think a lot of founders are afraid of, is betting on themselves and making the decision themselves. They want to always have somebody else to pass the buck. Guess what? You can't. So lean into it. And can I just say one more thing on this is before you get started and every step of your journey, what what burnt me out of my last company, which on paper is seen successful, um, I don't see it as a success. I see it as I really compromise myself, or myself, just me and myself and my well-being that I, it's taken years to get back to a place where I'm okay, right? I think the most important thing you can do, and I did this initially, but I kind of ran off, is start with what does success look like to you? Not about anybody else. Like take out the billion dollar, whatever. No, think about how are you living? Who are you serving? What does your day-to-day look like? That's where you have to start. If you start backwards by what does society deem as worthy, you've already lost. You're dead on arrival. Like you just will, and you have to learn that lesson yourself, but you really have to say success is not external validation. It is, again, this goes back to what does impact look like? Impact is a life where you wake up every day and you fucking love what you do. Even if you're tired, there's days where I'm like, I woke up today. I'm like, God damn it. This week I've been tired. I'm fucking cranky. Ugh. But I still woke up so like still thinking of, I'm like, I get to do this work. I get to talk to Rob today. I get to be in our community after this and talk to our founders about like, they're setting up revenue partnership sharing agreements with each other. And I'm like, this is exactly what I want to do every single day, every single day. So I just say for founders, start there. How do you want to feel? What does that look like? And then look at the strategy, how to get there. But the moment you do it backwards and it's based off of external validation, you want the fame, you want the glory, you want, you're going to get yourself into a lot of trouble um, from a legal perspective, or you are going to harm yourself a great deal um, and the people around you if you don't get that right. So, and benchmark that too, every, as often as possible. I love what you said about you do your Sunday, you know, deep dive of what you celebrate. Make sure that you are still staying very in alignment with that North Star and what does success look like to you? So you don't get into a predicament where you're like, I didn't even want to do this anyway. (laughs) I love that so much. Um, That's powerful. That's, That's powerful. I think great way to end. And, you know, I just want to say, I appreciate you for, for sharing from a very real and raw place. Um, because that's not always easy to do to say like, look, I, it's taken me this long to get over it. I mean, you've had so much success and so many amazing things, but you're still evolving, still growing. I think that's when you never forget where you came from and never forget where you're going. And you're always living in that kind of present and having that North star, it, it, it puts you in the right direction. You can't go wrong when you do that. And that's amazing. So Alex, this was a fun episode 100. Um, where can people find you? What are you doing? What do you got coming up that um, the you know the Bear Nation community can support you on? I mean, first and foremost, I'm just going to give you your flowers and just say I'm so proud of you. 100 episodes. There are so many podcasts. I don't even know the stats, but it's really low, like the amount of people that actually stick with it and make an impact. And I just love the energy you bring and the conversations and just like how you show up for our community too. So 
I just want to say bravo to you and give you your flowers because you are such in a wonderful spirit and just a voice we need in this space to actually create impact. So I just want to say, say that first. So thank you. Um, and for us, I would say, you know, if you're a woman entrepreneur who is looking at scaling your business, but you want to define what that looks like for you and not be pigeonholed to, it needs to look one way, um, check out our community. Um, whether it is, you can go to shegetshitdone.com slash join. We send out, and this is for anyone actually, we send out free um, five-minute weekly growth playbooks where we break down the ways that women entrepreneurs who have scaled beyond a million, because again, only 1.7% have, they give you all the tea and all the tools on how they did it. So that's one way to do it completely free. And if you are a woman entrepreneur who is looking for that additional support to grow daily with no bullshit, real as fuck, with just people that are helping you get it done with tangible results, check out our membership community. Um, and those are really the, the two best ways, but we hope to see you over in our, in our tribe, even if it's just getting our, our weekly emails, we, we talk a lot of shit, but also back it up with facts. So there's that. <laughs> yes, hundred <absolutely>. percent <laughs> facts. Um, awesome. And, and if you want to check out, you know, more about Alex's journey, we, we had an earlier episode where we got deep into what makes her, her and, and, you know, all this energy that she brings. It's a wonderful story. That episode will be linked in the show notes as well as Alex's LinkedIn. And if you're somebody who, who, really resonates with this episode and loves what Get Shit Done is doing and you want to join and support in some way, whether you're an investor, a founder, can bring some sort of energy, make sure you reach out to Alex because um, there's amazing things happening there and we need more continued amazing allies and advocates and supporters and teachers and growers and doers to be a part of it. So sign up, join. It's worth your time. Alex, once again, thank you so much for being a part of Bear Nation. Uh, this was amazing. Hopefully, if you stay down in Mexico, I'll come visit you sometime. Yes. Um, and, when, and when you're ever back in New York again, um, let me know. We'll have to we'll have to chop it up uh, in real life. So appreciate you, Bear Nation. Check Alex out. Check out Get Shit Done. Thank you so much for riding with me for 100 episodes. Um, more to come. Thank y'all. Until next time. As always, stay well and rise up. Bear Nation, thanks for listening to the Bear Necessities of Entrepreneurship. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. 